0: Your Your brain brain might turn to putty, but there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool.
1: What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another week of Study Buddy. Guys, I know the name of our podcast. It's called... (laughs) It's... Constant. I was like, wow, did she just switch to Spanish? Like, are oh, we going there? Like, I mean, I'm not ready, but let's go for it. You know what? Let's try this one more time, my friends. The podcast name is called Study Buddies. And we are a podcast that brings you the latest in science and psychology. And
0: sometimes more. <laughs> my name is Paula Sanchez-Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins.
1: What's up, Taylor? How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. I think we have a little bit of the giggles. It is past nine o'clock on a Sunday as we we're recording. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We are ready for you guys. Oh, today. Oh,
1: my gosh. Yeah. On my way home, I was um, I worked today and I was biking home from work. I just want to share this one thought that I had. Maybe there's a study about it. I don't know. But I was biking home from work. And I was like crossing a street and these two people were walking on the sidewalk and they like waved and it, it felt like they were waving at me. And so I got really confused, but I smiled just in case they were waving at me, but I truly didn't know who they were. And then as like I turned my bike to like go down the street, I realized they were waving at somebody behind me. And I felt better about the fact that I didn't wave back because it would have been so embarrassing if I had waved back and they weren't talking to me. And then I was like... Why is it that we get embarrassed if we think people are talking to us and they aren't? Because I think, like, I, if I'm waving at somebody and, um, like, a different person waves back and I, like, wasn't intending to wave at them, I get embarrassed for the person that thought I was talking to them. Like, I'm like, ooh, that sucks for them that they thought that and it wasn't true. Do you feel that? No. You don't get embarrassed when you wave at somebody that wasn't waving at you
0: in the first place? No. (gasps) Is that just me no no I think what you are saying is so relatable. Oh. I just think that <laughs> and maybe I'll tell you maybe I'll tell you a different answer tomorrow when I'm feeling more self-conscious um but I think I just have had so many like random interactions now that I just don't care I'm just like oh hi like I just go through the world being like whatever like, like everyone's fine. talking like, to me it's okay hello 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 <laughs> hello Right, if because if you're not, then whatever, I was I was friendly. And if you were, then, like, great. Like, I hope you have a great day. Um <laughs> oh, it's really funny. Yeah, I get, like, I get I, I get, I feel
1: shame, like, true deep shame, and I ruminate on it for too long afterwards.
0: Oh, no, D- you don't deserve to, to give that to yourself. You just, you should. I'm um, like the person that waves feel... back,
1: and then if they're not waving to me and I figure it out, I make it look like there was, like, a fly around me, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you cover yeah. it up. I think that means you're normal. And um, I just have this like disinhibited in- inhibition. <laughs> like, or so- I don't know what like, I'm trying to say. Like
1: social meter is just a little right. off.
0: <laughs> it's just it's just like no longer registering that I should be like maybe a little bit self-conscious about no, that.
1: No, you shouldn't. Taylor, wave it whoever you want to. Say hello to the whole world. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. All right. Well- um. This is the second episode of our new format. So, as you know, my dear, dear listeners, this week what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about that good old study that we uh talked about last week. We're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna talk about it instead of like tell you what it is.
0: Yes. Because <laughs> last week we did a lot of telling you what it is. Um, yeah. And so this week we're just gonna be like, this is what we thought. So. How la, I'm wondering. Yeah. Would you like to give a little like summary of what we talked about last week? Oh, uh, is this a test? It's basically you're a testing test, yeah. me. You will be graded. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, and if you do not get above an 85, we have to re-record. <sighs> um.
1: No, I'm tired.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I'll tell you what I remember. Um. This. This study was called the Seven Sins of Memory. Is that a? Is that a check? A check check, check mark. mark A plus cool a hundred points check. for that that one. Um, okay and then to review we learned what the seven sins of memory were. So we have um, the first three were like of like forgetfulness is that correct? Yeah so like sins of omission Sins of omission okay and then we have um, within that we have transience, which is um, the memory for like facts and events become less accessible over time. and then check the second one is absent mindedness. And this one is when we don't pay attention to something in the moment, um, then we don't properly, like, store that memory. So it's the thing of, like I said, like, if I'm, like, coming home after walking my dog and I just, like, am intent on feeding him and I'm not paying attention to where I put my keys then I forget where my keys yeah, are. my life. Um, so, so that's number two is absent-mindedness. Check. Okay, sweet. I'm doing so good. We're two for two. Blocking. Blocking is the next one. Yeah. And this one is when you have a memory and it's there, but it's just like you can't get to it even when with clues. Like there's just like it's not coming up. It's not arising. Yeah. Sweet. That's that tip of the tongue horrible feeling. Tip of the tongue. I want to Google it, but I can't because I know it. I know it. I know it. That's what blocking is. Okay. Yes. That's three. Then... 4 is misattribution. Misattribution is when you have some like idea of the memory but it's like misattributed to an incorrect um like time or person or place. Is that right? Yes. Check. Yes, we're killing it. Then we have um suggestibility and this one is when um your memory is distorted because somebody um like has uh, there's been, like, influences from the outside that have sort of changed what the memory is. Yes. Check. Woohoo! Two more. Uh, number six is bias. And that one is obviously when our um, bias influences our present knowledge um, and feelings right. and beliefs.
0: Previous experience or beliefs have...
1: <sighs> okay, that was like an 85 yes. on that one. Got that one a little wrong. Yeah. Okay, so, in correction.
0: It was, it was right. It just needed some additional. You had to show your work. Okay, so I'm going to show my work and
1: again, and I'm going to say, bias is when previous when previous knowledge, beliefs, and feelings influence our memory of things.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and how we experience things. Yeah.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Working on bias. Uh, working, I mean, not. I don't want to get bias. I just want to understand the concept of bias in regards to memory. So, Kyla wants to
0: be more biased. No. Moving on.
1: <laughs> okay. And then our seventh one is persistence. And this one is when you keep thinking about um, negative things and it's intrusive. Yes. In your brain. Yes. Cool. Those are the sins of our memory. Boom. Transience. absent mindedness. Blocking. Misattribution. Suggestibility. Bias. And persistence. What? Wow. What?
0: Definitely A. I will give you a solid... Like, 95 on that, I think. All right. I'll take it. We always have to give you... Can't give you a 100 because there's always room for improvement. Cool. I had those professors in college, and I was always like... That was my response also. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cool. Well,
1: um, now that we have had that review, shall we head into our first segment of the new format?
0: Yeah. So, our first segment of the new format guys, is basically we're going to talk about this study and how this study might apply to a particular experience or situation, kind of things that we've had in our lives. This segment
1: will have a name, but it's a working title. So we don't want to like reveal it yet, you know, because we want it to be complete in a package before we say the name of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, Paola, if you would like to start because I think the last time you had shared... A, you like there was a story you really wanted us to, to know about? And I was waiting to hear this.
1: So it has to do with misattribution. And basically, I completely misattributed where I knew this woman I had just met from. It was incredibly embarrassing. So I did a show at Lincoln Center um, called The Wolves. And we had some like connections to some famous people in our cast. And so we had famous people come and see the play, which was amazing. And then we would always get to meet them afterwards. And so after um, my friend Samia, oh gosh, what was her name? Oh no, no. This is important. I'm going to cut this time because I need to remember this woman's name.
0: <laughs> Jodie Foster. That's who it is. Great. Okay. Wow. I hope you don't cut that. And then you keep that in as a personal experience about blocking no! that you just had. <laughs> so please don't cut that. Just, just so everyone knows, sometimes we'll just <laughs> pause something where we can't think of what we're supposed to say right and we'll delete it later we're not gonna delete this i'm so embarrassed
1: that i couldn't recall jodie foster's (laughs) name
0: i think that's totally acceptable and fine (sighs) Huh. Just hope that Jodie Foster never hears this. And if she does, Jodie Foster, I can tell you that by the look at Pella's face right now, you can't see it, but she is deeply apologetic for forgetting her I'm name. I'm thoroughly briefly. embarrassed. And I'm also thoroughly embarrassed from the story I'm about to tell. Sorry, and Jodie. And look at that, that story. You've, you remembered her name within 30 seconds. So it fell I did. So, okay. The story is it. in there. Okay. okay.
1: So Jodie Foster came to see... Um, the, the performance and then afterwards you know we we all met her outside in the lobby I was on my way out heading to the bus and I stopped to to introduce myself to Jodi and she was with her partner and her partner was like hello I'm Alex and I was like Alex hi nice to meet you and then I was like I I, I thought I knew her from somewhere and I was like do I have we met before you look really familiar and she was like mm, nope no. And I was like, okay, okay, weird. okay. And I spent the next three minutes staring at her, <laughs> pretending to be involved in the conversation, but just trying to figure out where I had met her before. I was like, I know I know this woman. I know her, I know her, I know her. And um, another like actress from the show came out and introduced herself to Jody and Alex. And um, Alex introduced herself, and I just, I whispered. I thought it was under my breath, but I didn't. As Alex introduced herself to to my friend Teddy, I just whispered to myself, so familiar. <laughs> <laughs> like an oh, insane no. person. And Alex heard, and she looked disturbed, as one would.
0: And um, I so just you- like... You socially offended Jodie Foster's partner the first yeah, time Yeah, and, jo-
1: and Jodie was just, like, I think she was just kind of blind to, like, whatever was happening. Um, but, like, Alex was clearly weirded out. And then I, you know, I excused myself, and I was like, nice to meet you both. Like, have a good night. Um, thank you for coming. Got on the bus halfway home. I realized that I knew her from the television show The L Word. And I just had seen her on my television enough times <laughs> making out with lots of other women And that's how I remembered her. And I thought she was somebody that I knew. Wow. Yep.
0: That's like so interesting that we can feel so comfortable with actors on screen that we feel like they're our friends.
1: Yeah. And it happens to me a lot. I would say that misattribution happens to me very, very commonly with um, TV actors that I then meet because that does happen quite often in the city. And that's cool. I, I have never run at... into anyone remotely famous, I think, literally <laughs> oh ever. Um, it is cool, but it's also really embarrassing when you think you know them, and you don't. And you don't, like, and you're bad at names, so, like, you don't recognize them when they introduce themselves, and you just think you've met them before, and you literally haven't. Misattribution gets you in a pinch, man. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: my sort of, I guess thing that this study reminded me of in my life is a piece on like working memory interesting so basically like going back to the sort of absent-mindedness part where you were talking about your keys and you don't know where they are Yep. as a person with adhd i find that absent-mindedness is my like primary state like my baseline is absent mindedness <laughs> it's your neutral <laughs> yes um there is no escaping that like if i do Amazing. not say like for day to day tasks if i do not like tell myself like taylor you need to make a note that you have to take care of this thing or like to consciously go you're putting you're taking your keys and you're putting them here if i like throw them into a bag where i'm talking to someone and i'm in a rush like I will not know what where I put my keys. I, I will not know where anything is. <clears throat> and I just, I feel that like, I feel that like having ADHD has compounded some of these like memory problems. Um, And I, I, I'm wondering if maybe we might do a study on it down the line. But like there is a link between like difficulties with working memory and ADHD and how it inhibits that. Like mm, interesting. ADHD doesn't have like a hard time with, long-term memory or short-term memory but it's that like like you taking something and like utilizing it like to function in that little kind of space where you need to like hold the knowledge and then like come back to it and like
1: yeah like a short term
0: yeah I wonder if I know that for me like the
1: only reason I always know where my keys are is because they always go back into the same exact spot and so Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's something about like having places for everything at least remembering where things are like having places for everything would help with that
0: yeah no I think it does and that's typically what I have to follow so it's so funny because I in order to counteract this like absent-mindedness um of like forgetting to do something Mm -hmm. or maybe not paying attention because it's a combination of like it's it's not just absent-mindedness but it can be like I think other memory like other of these sins yeah faults as well But I think this one is like the key one for me. Like I overcompensate knowing that I'm more prone to being absent-minded by Mm. setting like so many alarms and so many like notes or lists or like it's really funny because people are like, oh, you're so organized. And I'm like, oh, the only reason I am so organized is actually because I'm deeply, deeply unorganized. Like Mm. I, I need to be this way or else I will not function. Right, so I've almost found that mm. like I've went on like the opposite end of the spectrum and become like overly sure. attentive to things, yeah, to counteract for the fact that like I'm super inattentive to things. I think that does happen
1: a lot, just like working because I'm as a working an in home professional organizing. Like a lot of our clients like do have those like ADHD tendencies or like just truly don't know where something is, and then like once they get these systems in place, they never need us again because they just like they have like that 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 organization that helps them like get through and I think that's like why it changes lives but it's fascinating to hear you having to come up with that system for yourself or else (laughs) all things will be lost
0: oh I absolutely have to like if I don't write something down it's not going to happen yeah for a fact yeah that's fascinating so that is I don't know that to me seemed like how it the study most like applied to my life personally Mm mm-hmm Yeah. I'm I'm looking at these like others and I'm trying to think of like, I think
1: like blocking obviously happens to me. I mean, you saw it happen to me earlier. So that one is a frequent one. And I think that one happens to me most with music,
0: which is so frustrating. Like when you say with music, you mean like with lyrics or with?
1: No, with like, I'll be literally singing a song and I can't remember the title of the song oh yeah
0: oh I don't that is
1: crazy that's like the thing where you're like even when provided with cues you can't get it like
0: I'm singing the cues and I can't figure out the name see I've I totally relate to that I've always been like notoriously terrible at that and kind of jealous at people like who are really good at like trivia for example trivia what is that who are the people that are good at trivia I, you know, I am very envious if you are out there and you are like, ah, yeah, like when I watch.
1: Like my roommates watch Jeopardy and they know all the answers. And I'm like, how do you do? How do you do?
0: (laughs) No, (laughs) I agree. Like I just, I can't. And this has been a thing like, again, unless I intentionally wanted to work on it. So for example, like actors names, it's the same thing for me with actors names and music things like maybe you're better at actors names because you're I'm an not actor.
1: I assure you I'm not
0: <laughs> but like unless I were to every single time I watch something like pull up my phone on Google and like almost like use it like flashcards like yep. y- you know try to remember the actors names like there mm-hmm. I wouldn't I don't know them so I just don't even try because I don't know the titles of things it mm-hmm. was always this is what I struggled with the most with like I like, I don't know if it's ex- the same exactly as blocking. Because blocking's more like when you, like, you know something, but you can't recall it. But, like, yeah. I've even had, sh- like, struggle. Sh- I can't say words. It's, that was a that. combination of struggle and troubles. Um, <laughs> but when I have sh- struggles or whatever, <laughs> I, like, I rem- I think of myself in, like, 7th grade. And oh, when you used Taylor. to have. L- yeah, like, middle school Taylor. Sitting in history class, like I've read the history book, I did all the work, and then you'd go to take the test, and I'd be like, ah, I know these things. And then it would be like, it would just ask you to like match like all of these like generals' names to the things that they did. And I'd be like, I can't, I can't no, do this. I don't. It's so awful. I can't even think of I, the only, I'm going to tell you guys like George Washington and like General Custard. I can't even think of names to use as examples for people who I've I thought General with Custard with. was the guy in Clue. I think he is. I think he is. So that's pretty indicative of where my memory is on like important historical names. Oh my god! Tragic.
1: She just put General Custard and George Washington in the same group. You're welcome. Oh my god! All right. Well, I think General Custard is probably rolling in his grave. Truly, in his with the candlestick. Hot fudge custard. Hot fudge. No. Wow.
0: Wow, it is too late for us to be making these horrible. Cool, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Well, you know what? It.
1: It's, I think it's time to move on to our next segment, Taylor. Would you like to take a stab at introducing it? We're really excited about this one.
0: Our next segment is called Macro, Roni, and Cheese. And this is where we talk about understanding the world in a larger way and connecting our study to like the big picture and kind of implications of what the study might mean on like a larger scale.
1: Yeah, so we're taking the study and we're bringing it to the macro world. So what did you think about this, Taylor, in regards to the big picture?
0: In regards to the big picture, it was really interesting. There were two things that really came to my mind. One particular thing that I was thinking about when we were talking about these memory sins was how they might influence politics. I mean, I know... Right now, it's 2020. It's a really divisive year. We have, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris um, up against Donald Trump and Mike Pence. And there is all sorts of talk about, like, consistency, I think, in Mm -hmm. the politics Mm -hmm. across time. And I think it's really salient with some of these older candidates specifically thinking about, like, Joe Biden. So I was just thinking about, like, how interesting it is to consider our consistency bias in the context of politics. Yeah. So just like a kind of reminder of what the consistency bias was, but it's basically like when our prior... We think that our prior beliefs were more similar to our current beliefs than they really were, or we think they're more different if it serves us for them to be more different. So, I yeah, I think it's just when you think about, like, there's been a lot of progression across time. Um, sure. So even like LGBTQ rights and gay marriage. A lot of politicians who are now very much so for gay marriage were opposed to it prior, when, at a time where it was more normal for them to be opposed. And I think it's really yeah. interesting because I think sometimes people will think of themselves as being more consistent with the message now than they really were a long right. time ago um, because of their yeah. consistency bias.
1: Yeah, that is that is really interesting to think about. It made this. The study made me think about like the justice system, and mm. like same, like same in politics. But like, just so many of these like memory sins can happen, and all of them can impact how somebody you know shares their story um, in a court, and how that yeah. can influence like how how that person like whether they receive a sentence or not whether they are let off that kind of thing it also made me think of sexual assault survivors and in regards to like persistence and I think I you know how people say like a woman never forgets their attacker like they will never forget their rapist they will never forget their assaulter and (laughs) That's likely why it's, like, that persistence. It's, like, it, it, it repeats itself in your head whether you want it to be there or not. And it's kind of crazy to think about the fact that, like, a lot of the times when people do share their, like, trauma in that way, they're not believed.
0: Yeah. And and I do I do want to go back to something you said because I, I think, like, the idea that a woman never forgets their attacker is tricky because I don't know if we always – our memory in times of trauma can be can be like warped so maybe mm-hmm. like with PTSD you might like replay a lot of things but it may not be any there may be like vivid and re- repetitive and intrusive but it may not be like that if someone's going through something or was like sexually attacked that they can they can always accurately recall something like there's there are right. there are so many complex layers to trauma and how they affect memory that like yeah i think sometimes that also makes it difficult for women kind of like you're saying in the criminal justice system with being not believed because because our memory is so faulty it's like if yeah. there's any sort of change in someone's quote unquote story as our memories working through like these really scary experiences we might have had then mm-hmm. that's seen as like you're lying or you're changing your story rather than the fact right. that like memories are confusing and can be manipulated and may not always be totally accurate.
1: Yeah, it's it's like fascinating because I like I have I've mostly like with the people that I know that are survivors, like the the mm-hmm. persistence of the person's face has been consistent. The events haven't necessarily always been consistent. And mm-hmm. that's fascinating to me. It's like it's not it's not necessarily the event but the face is clear. And I think that was happening with like the Brett Kavanaugh situation when Christine Blasey Ford was like sharing her story about Brett. And there were so many people that were like, that couldn't have been him. Like, how does she know that was him? How does she know that was him? And that Mm -hmm. was what I thought of with like when you said persistence in the initial study. That was like the first thing that came to my mind, honestly, was this woman and the fact that she was like, "I I know it was him. I would not forget that. Like, I would not forget that face, which is fascinating. Yeah, it is. And then another thing that, like, all of this, I was thinking about, like, these seven sins after we signed off a recording last week. And I was just like, everything is true and also like is it true and but it is true and but it's not true and then so like how does the world exist and like does that hanger look the same as it did before when I saw it in my closet and like do my shoes feel the same on my feet or are they different than I remember like are they exact same because of consistency bias and like what (laughs) is the world really and then I like I was just like nothing is real and everything is real all at the same time we are blobs of molecules that are in constant change and because of that we are always the same that was also where my brain went in the macro picture.
0: Wow. So this was like a deep seated like midlife crisis that arised. It wasn't a midlife
1: crisis. It was more like a revelation that I have monthly in different ways. <laughs> Fair, you know, I totally get
0: that. Um, I've, <laughs> I've been there too. No, I, I think that's a really good point. It's almost like what, how much of our perceptions can we really trust of things? How much yeah. of our, our memory is true and reliable? And like, does it matter? Right.
1: Like, how can we actually make of the world if our if we can't trust like our own brains? And therefore, like, how do we make decisions like as communities? And,
0: you know, uh, it's just it's so meta. (laughs) It's super meta. And I, I think it's a good point. I don't know. I don't know if I have like I don't know if I have any sort of no, I don't know where I'm going. Like, you don't know if you have any sort of like concrete responses to that? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My brain is a little mush right now.
1: Well, I mean, I literally just put out a huge existential thought, so it makes sense that your brain is mush.
0: Yeah, it is. I just, I guess, I guess when you say that, it just kind of makes me think, like, I feel like when I start to think about these bigger picture things, they become overwhelming, and I think they're too big for our brains to comprehend, almost like when you try to conceptualize, like, light years or, like, space. Or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. it just, it becomes... To understand, like, what our memory means or what we can trust or what is reliable. Like, I think sometimes in deciphering some of those pieces, I just kind of end up being like, well, I guess for the most part, you have to take things as they come and address realities as they are necessary to be addressed, if that makes sense. That's definitely the logical solution to what I just proposed. Maybe I'm trying to solve your existential question with a solution um I don't know if there is like a solution though well I
1: think it's interesting because I do think that you need to have some sort of coping solution if that is like your philosophy that like everything matters so much and nothing matters at all because everything matters so much like if that is like the non-dual picture that you're going to look at the world with well then you need to like still be able to wake up with a reason to do the stuff that you're doing without getting really involved in it but like also still do it with care and I think you're proposing
0: a very logical solution, if you will, quote, unquote. quote. To the fact that our memory is so important to us and so, yes. like, foundational to who we are as beings because it, I mean, our memories function in so many different ways. They're, we have, like, memories in our body and, like, physical memories of things and we, we carry memories in that sense and then they shape our interactions with other people. Like our memories are so important. They shape our
1: daily movements, yeah.
0: Right, but we don't fully understand memory and we don't fully understand memory and we don't know what of it we can trust because almost as you were, I think, saying in our last podcast, what I find is so interesting is when you come to those like head-to-head battles with someone and, you know, that might be in a court case over something really huge as like a sexual assault um, Mm -hmm. or it might be in a disagreement with your partner about, like, who had said that they were going to pick up milk, there is a right, usually. Um, Sometimes there is a solid right where someone is wrong and someone is right. Sometimes there is no right and there's just, like, total different perceptions of something and then sometimes even when you have totally different perceptions of something then they're further distorted by memory so actually coming down getting down to like the roots of what actually happened or the justice of something I feel like so often is lost because all we have is our like subjective speculation from things yeah it's true and it makes life feel a little crazy (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think that's why I got a little bit lost, because I think sometimes when we have these big existential questions and crises, they're really interesting to dive into. And sometimes they're just overwhelming. Yeah, I
1: understand that. I feel very at peace with um, much of the meaninglessness and still feel very important within that. Uh, I don't know how I got there, but I don't get overwhelmed with that stuff anymore. I just Mm. find it. Utterly fascinating, which is why this like whole study was it was just a good reminder that like we should take things with a grain of salt.
0: Yeah. Our memory is is faulty and it's flawed. Yeah. And all we can do is take steps to kind of, I don't know, rehearse things mm. to remember what's important or do what I do and overcompensate for your inattentiveness and absent mindedness with like several alarms and lists of things. (laughs) When I was
1: um, really little, I had a Palm Pilot. Remember those? And um, and for those young listeners that do not know, a Palm Pilot is an indescribable thing that literally was just there to like help you stay on track with stuff and like
0: write stuff. It was like a electronic planner? You know, the only reason I know what a Palm what Pilot It was a pom. How do we describe that? It was something that was in 90s movies when there was like a superstar who had an agent and their agent always had a Palm Pilot. Like that is what I remember it from.
1: I loved my Palm Pilot so much and the reason is, is because I scheduled my mornings from the moment I woke up until the moment I left for school. So I had 6am, wake up. 605 brush teeth. I was seven. That's insane. 605. Brush teeth. 606. Take a shower. I'm not kidding. Literally, I had like dry myself on the palm pilot. I had an alarm for everything. It was a nut job. So I really understand what it is to schedule and sticky note your entire life out because I did that for the better part of my second was that grade sustainable? year. Sustainable? Um I found it to be I'm crazy. I found it to be really fun. My parents were <laughs> so annoyed by it because my palm pilot was beeping every three to five minutes.
0: That's also hysterical that it wasn't something your parents like were like, hey, we encourage you to do this because you need it. Nope. Like you took it on your own And decided to do it, and then they were annoyed by it. That's hysterical.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was macaroni and cheese, I would think, giving you some stuff to think about. Well, that's our podcast for the week. If you have questions, queries... Uh, interesting stories or thoughts to share in relationship to the seven sins of memory, please slide into the DMs, slide into the study buddies podcast at gmail.com. We want to read what you got to say.
0: Yeah. Message, message, reach out, ask a question if there's any sort of thoughts. Um, We do want to like leave a space in case there's any sort of, I guess, really interesting topics of discussion that might come up. So feel free. Yay. All right. We will see you next week with another episode
1: of Study Buddies. Have a kick booty week. Oh, yeah. Bye, guys. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez-Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers-Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught in Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.